hundreds and thousands, and we have taken control of your radio. Uh, David, sorry, uh, sorry to uh, inter- you know egregiously step on your toes. I right mean, now. I'm sorry. You're um, not. But go well, on. no, I am. If if you'll uh, recall, this is the episode before the top ten. Oh shit! It is too. That's Which quick is maths. quick maths. Quick maths. <laughs> the remix episode. Oh my god. <laughs> That was the most polite interruption. I tried, I know. Yeah, yeah. Was, that was very courteous. Oh, yeah. This is the true remix, because most of the time we're just totally uncouth and brash. Yeah. So yeah. the remix to uncouthness is, Whoa. of course, great manners. <laughs> Wild. All right, welcome to the remix episode of uh, Season 5, the 1997 Hottest 100. Uh, I'm Nathan Harrison, and uh, with me, as always, is Andrew McDonald. I am here. David James Young. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I'm saying your name today. Rick Flair drip go woo on a bit. <laughs> and Adam Buncher. Good remix. Hey. <laughs> uh, this is the episode where we each pick a song that we think should have been in the countdown and for whatever villainous reasons wasn't. Wasn't. But I also thought that uh, I'd shake it up a little bit extra this year. In Quite way. literally. Yeah. Mm, see, David gets it already. Uh, this this is going to be a nightmarish mistake <laughs> where everything falls apart very quickly. This episode is a Dungeons and Dragons episode. <laughs> because, of course, Dungeons and Dragons podcasts so hot right now, but you shouldn't listen to any other podcast but us. Well, that's it. I I just think that Hottest Hundreds and Thousands should Should be be able to be all things for all people. Exactly. Mm. And we know that some of the market has been seduced away by Dungeons and Dragons podcast. (laughs) The next remix is going to be a a porno that my dad's written and I'm going to read to you guys. Beautiful. And then there's, of course, the remix where one of us dies uh, and was murdered by someone else. Yeah, yeah. Or were they? And it was fucking a nun. It was a nun all along. Oh my god. Yeah. There's, 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 there's no way to put up with any of his hot takes anymore. Because I'm sick of him coming in and disagreeing with me about songs, frankly. <laughs> we also have some, uh, later on, some very lovely uh, hot takes and opinions that people have sent in to us, which is very lovely. And Thank we'll, you for doing that. Yeah, we will read them out and um, respond to them and probably... You know, dismiss them. Yeah, there's, there's only one really racist one, so that, 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 <laughs> yeah. that was a good result. Yeah. You yeah. know who you are. <laughs> <All Anon. right. laughs> God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> so let's start this with venture. Uh, I've written the three of you. I've rolled. Sorry, the three of you are some characters. Maybe you'd like to introduce those characters, Andrew. Who will you be playing uh, this uh, evening? I'm playing um, an elf wizard. I am neutral good. Um, and what's your character's name? Uh, my character's name is uh, Varg Vikernus, uh, so that's what? not going to be problematic at all going forward. Yeah. It's really niche. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Uh, Adam, who are you? Uh, I am Biggie, <laughs> the uh, the human paladin, uh, lawful good. Mm. I got a, I got a long sword. I got some javelins too. I'm very excited about the javelins. Classic Biggie. Yeah, you're right. Uh, David, I'm Fuck Johnson. <laughs> Uh-huh. And who is Fuck Johnson? He's a dwarf bard. He's chaotic good. He's got a basketball game tomorrow. He's point guard. He's got shoe game. Uh, he's got chain mail and a shield. Armor class 13. Yeah. yeah. Nathan, who His are you? His finishing move is a dab. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, I am the dungeon master, so I'll be leading the three of you, Varg, Biggie, and Fuck Johnson. <laughs> the V3! The V3! The V3! Uh, through an adventure that I have crafted just for this remix episode. Um, right. How, how did I ever think this was a bad idea? <laughs> 
Um, each of you also has a special ability, and that special ability is the song that you have selected for the remix episode. Oh. So at any point in the adventure, when you think it's necessary, it could be in combat, could be out of combat, you can use your special ability, and we'll just figure out what it does. Right. In the moment. Uh, it'll be right. context-sensitive special ability. It's sensitive to context. If you're not familiar with Dungeons & Dragons, this is going to be a weird episode for you. <laughs> We're going to tell a story. I'll kind of be like the narrator and uh, these three other characters, Varg, Biggie, and Fuck Johnson. Um, <laughs> and name, we'll be rolling lots of dice uh, to fight, you know, enemies and do all sorts of things. And um, who knows? Should we give it a go? I'm so excited. We should have read our All righty. We open in the town of Tumbleweed, a mining town known throughout the land as the real Steel City. <laughs> The three of you are stopping in for a night on your travels and staying uh, a night in the best tavern in town, a tavern run by a trio of gnome brothers known as the Big Three. The tavern is packed. There are sorry faces at the bar drowning their sorrows, gamblers playing dice in the, in the side booths. There are drunks in the back alley looking for fights and fantasy rock band Dire Spiderbait are playing on stage to a huge crowd. Uh, this is an evening to unwind, so I'd like to hear what each of the three of you are doing uh, at the tavern tonight. As a lawful good paladin, I don't imagine that I partake in many vices. So I will just be acting as the bodyguard <laughs> to the rest of these hooligans and making sure that nothing goes wrong. Nice. You're, you're um, back from away, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> is it too late to change my name? <laughs> yes, it is, Biggie. <laughs> uh, that's, that's wonderful. I'll get you to roll just uh, like an intimidate check. So if you could roll mm, a d20 and add d20. your charisma modifier. I got it right here. And I got a lot of charisma. Yeah, you do. If you don't know, now you know. Uh, 19, baby. No, all right, great. Ooh. So... Biggie Nothing's is keeping the peace excellently. Everyone knows he's there and everyone, you know, all the people that would normally be starting fights are a little bit timid and, nice. and holding back. It's a, it's a peaceful right. night. It's a good night for a gig. Uh, Varg, what are you doing? Yeah. I take a spot by the bar to fellow drown my sorrows. Uh, but I, I try, I, I sit there, I'm sociable. I'll talk to people if they're talking. I have a few drinks and watch the band. Nice. Uh, do you want to, I don't know, I, I have no, no idea. Roll a drink there. check? Roll yeah. a drink check, yeah. like a, for socialness. Okay, right. Is this, is this a dexterity? <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spill it on myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, it was a three. It was a three. Okay. So you spill a lot. A little you, bit. You no, do. I, I had a plus three to yeah. That's a six. So, you, you know, you sit down at the bar, you order a, you know, a really nice drink that people people down the bar are like, oh my God, who's this guy? You get it. And then you instantly spill it yeah. on your pants. All right, good. And so, so already I'm looking good. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be good. Uh, fuck Johnson. What are you yes. up to tonight at the big three? Well, um, Dire Spiderbait are about to invite me on stage and we're about to cover Salvation by the Cranberries. <laughs> um, and I'm going to play it on a lo- on a, uh, a lute um, that I run through a distortion pedal and it sounds fucking sick. Beautiful. All right, I want you to roll the D20 and I think you've got Perform as a skill. Okay. So I want you to add whatever the Perform number is to whatever you sick. roll on the dice. 19, baby. Oh, no. oh my God. All right, well, Fuck Johnson do- takes the stage. <laughs> yeah. And no one has ever heard a cover of Salvation quite this good. Because it hasn't been written yet. It hasn't been written yet. <laughs> to them, this is an ridge. This is yeah. an ridge. Yeah. This is a fuck Johnson a ridge. This song finishes and after a moment of silence, just uproarious, joyous applause. People yes! are losing their minds. People yes! are dropping out of law school to become musicians because they're so inspired. <laughs> So at the end of the night, as you uh, leave the tavern, a long-haired, tattooed, gum-chewing half-orc calls you over. And he says... Hey, boys, I saw you in there. You were great. Thanks, man. <laughs> I wonder if you could help me. I- I'm Fantasy Dave Grohl from the Gelatinous Cube Fighters. Not called Dave Troll, Nathan. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
I'm Dave Troll. Thank you. <laughs> from the Gelatinous Cube Fighters. I don't know if you know, but the music scene around here is dying. And all the great bands just keep disappearing. It's terrifying. Something is happening to these bands. Now, a lot of people have been hearing weird noises from the caves up in the hills at night. Would you guys go and investigate for us? I immediately speak for us all and say, yes, we will all do that. Nice one, Varg. Great. <laughs> I mean, we're just too scared to play right now. And, you know, people want to hear the gelatinous cube fighters. They want to hear Dave Troll. I mean, we can, we can reward you guys with some gold and maybe some enchanted spots on the door plus one. No. Uh, would you guys do this for us? Head up to the hills and check it out? Take me out on tour. Okay. Done. <laughs> I saw you play up there. Yeah, What bitch. was your name again? Fuck. Johnson. Fuck Johnson. You were incredible. Did you write that song? You're goddamn right I did. That was an amazing song. I just bet if people talked about that song, they probably would have underrated it and said it was problematic. Yeah. Let me just say, as Dave Troll, they were probably wrong. Man, this is going so well. So you guys head up to you guys are going to head up to the, what's the hills? There's a cave up in the hills. I'm just going up. He's going yeah. straight from the gig. Andrew's had a drink, so I cleaned myself up. <laughs> <He's probably>. just, <laughs> <laughs> smells like expensive liquor. Make it in. Yeah. <laughs> Dad's had a few. Great. So you're walking up through the woods towards these hills. I want each of you to roll a perception check with a twenty. With a twenty, that's right. All right. I got five. I can't see shit. Yeah, you can't. You're, yeah, can't you're very distracted. I got 19. Uh, I, got, I got 12, but I got a perception of 13 here anyway. All so, right, cool, yeah. cool. So the two of you, not so much, but fuck Johnson, your senses are just on fire after such an electric performance. And it was you're all the cocaine the I did. <laughs> and you notice just before anything happens that you're walking into an ambush. Oh, shit. <sighs> all right, I want everyone to roll initiative. So roll the D20 again and tell me what you got. Five. I have no initiative. Oh, no. Twelve. I think I peaked too early. Twelve? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I got a three. A three. Okay. Shit. So, shouldn't have done so much cocaine. I, I guess <laughs> you shouldn't have. You're going to learn Don't now. do it. I've become did, what I always did. Did you sing Salvation and then go backstage and do drugs? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, an arrow fires out. Two arrows fire out, sorry. One at you, Biggie, and one at you, Fuck Johnson. Oh, Shit. No. Biggie. Roll the 19. Is that above your armor class? Should be oh, my armor class is 18, so just. Oh. Just. All right. Yeah. Well, you take three damage. Damn it. Ouch. As, a, as an arrow shoots out from the bushes and hits you in the side. Uh, fuck Johnson. Yeah. I rolled a critical miss, so that one misses you. Fuck Johnson's just on fire. <laughs> He's invincible. <laughs> He's killing it. <laughs> and as it shot past you into the bushes on the other side of the road, you hear a squeal as the arrow hits one of the goblins that are attacking you Yay. and takes it out. Such shit. So nice work. Now it's your turn. Fuck, Johnson. What are you doing? There's two goblins in the bush on your left. Okay. I'm using my crossbow, man. I love it. Okay. So at one of the goblins in the brushes? Yeah, man. Beautiful. So roll that d20 and add the number to that. It's a fucking three again. That's a three. All right. Your crossbow bolt goes wide. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> There's two goblins left. One runs out to you, Biggie, uh, and attacks you with its scimitar. It rolls... Very poorly. Um, you step out of the way. Maybe you say something cool. Nice try, Goblin. Yes! <laughs> Unbelievably cool. I'll start easy. <laughs> I'll get wittier as I go on. The other Goblin uh, runs out uh, to Deej, who uh, shot him with a crossbow bolt. Sorry. Sorry, fuck who? Johnson. I'm Thank so sorry. You. Oh, my God. <laughs> it also misses. So he hey. runs out at you and just the scimitar glances off your armor. Boom. He's right He's there, ready for you to take him. Exactly. These goblins nice need work. to get it together. Varg, you're up. What do you do? Um, so how many of the goblins are there in eyesight? There's two. One is attacking uh, Biggie, and the other is attacking Fuck Johnson. I got, right, okay. I got that goblin, man. Okay, right. I, well, I, I magic missile the one near Fuck Johnson. Nice. 
All right, you cast Magic Missile. I think it shoots three bolts that do 1d4 plus 1 damage each. You can split them if you want, or you can make them all go. Okay, right. I uh. use I, I, two at Deejas and one at Adams. Nice, right, cool. nice. Nice shooting. Uh, Biggie, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's, it's longsword time. It's longsword time. I love 100% it. 100% longsword time. Three. So ah. a, a measly eight. Uh, you do not hit. That's a you, real shame. You drastically misjudge how tall a goblin is and <laughs> swing at your head height, which is not enough to Just, get a goblin. No. 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 It snickers and kind of says some rude comments about how you have clearly no idea what you're doing. That goblin's going down. Yeah, well. That maybe. goblin and his whole family. <laughs> I think the goblin thinks it's not going down. Well, I think this quest just came, became about me punishing <laughs> that goblin's goblin. entire bloodline. Huge. Yeah, it's now a beef. He's now like Whoa. Tupac goblin. Beef. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, uh, fuck Johnson, you're up. What are you doing? I'm going to use you my rapier. Nice, yeah. on the goblin in front of you. Ten. Yeah. That's a hit. Hey. All right, so how much damage does that do? It's an eight. An oh, eight. Oh, my oh. God. You slaughter this goblin. Arr. You cleave it into it. Well, it's, it's more of a stabbing oh, oh, oh. weapon, yeah. isn't it? So you skewer it like a shish kebab. And ah. It's down for the count. Ah. All right. The last goblin, though, is still on Biggie. Don't forget, you guys still have special abilities. You can use them for later, but you each yeah. you have to yeah, use your special abilities the parties, in the adventure, I'm, I'm, or we won't talk about the songs, <laughs> and that will be pretty bad. We've just played D&D as friends. <laughs> no, nah, man. I'm, I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for the big boss. Good. Good. Okay, I love um, him. This Biggie, goblin. you're up. Longsword time. One. Once again, this goblin must go down. Had enough of this. It's a six. (laughs) (laughs) Where's this goblin? (laughs) All right, goblin's turn. It looks at you and says, I've got a mixtape coming out next week, (laughs) and I'm going to put all this in it about how you just cannot hit me for shit. God damn it. I hate this goblin so much, man. He rolled a 16. What's your AC? Uh, 18. So. He misses. I am Fuck, get back up. I'm right. sick to shit of this goblin, <laughs> man. I am, I'm, I'm using my special ability. Nice. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. It's on. Yeah. yeah no, what are you yes, using? Yeah. I'm using uh, Come Together by Spiritualized. It's going to make all of his cells come together in the tightest possible way. Oh, my so God. So I'm going to black hole this cunt. <laughs> So I uh, chose from 1997 uh, by Spiritualized from their album, uh, Ladies and Gentlemen, We're Floating in Space. Uh, this was a very, very easy pick for me. Spiritualized, one of my favorite bands. Ladies and Gentlemen, We're Floating in Space is one of my even one of my top five records of all time. It's very easy for me to pick this, and this was kind of the, the lead single from that record. I think this is just a, a beautiful example of what Spiritualized do so well. A huge maximalist effort. Everything is always full of bombast and over the top with like these gospel elements alongside the psychedelic rock. There's no hidden message to the lyrics. It's just the protagonist. It's just singing about himself, Mr. Spiritualized, uh, Jay Spaceman, uh, about his heroin addiction uh, in the process of making this record. I think it really... There are some really dreary moments in the lyrics just saying, like, little Jay is sad and fucked. 
what he offers just says yes. Just fucking miserable stuff. But just mm. like it's such a banger with the horns and the the sleigh bells and the like the rollicking droning nature of it all. Yeah. There's so rarely that I hear a song that has so much going on that doesn't fall into drone music. It's mixed fantastically, I guess. Yeah. Um and his voice is just like this. I think I mentioned this when we spoke about uh, The Verve. Very similar in a lot of ways, seeing it like they wrote about a lot of similar things and that. And it was actually some crossover with when they were writing this record, the keyboardist from Spiritualized, Kate, was dating Jason Pierce, the singer of Spiritualized, and then uh, ended up cheating on him with Richard Ashcroft from The Verve. Oh, no shit. And then married Richard Ashcroft without telling Jason that she'd broken up with him. And then what? What? Yeah, what? yeah. And then wild. Um, and then they recorded the record when that was happening. And she, they, they still, she was still in the band because they didn't have anybody else who could play keys. This record, yeah. And he's just like, huh, nice new ring. Yeah. Where'd you get that? <laughs> <laughs> Why is Richard always here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's always picking you up and yeah. calling you his wife. <laughs> oh, hi, Richard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, she's the one at the start who says, ladies and gentlemen, we're floating in space. Ladies and gentlemen, we're floating in space. So it adds this really emotional part to the song. But um, yeah, I just think there's such a beautiful sense of humanity to this song that's hidden behind this like bombastic, huge, over-the-top, maximalist rock and roll song. Because yeah. like, for all the psychedelic and gospel flourishes that are here, it's just absolute rock and roll. Groove so legit. hard. If Oasis did this song, it would have been one of the biggest hits of the 90s. But yeah, right? Because like, obviously this record and this song was really big in, I guess, like critical circles and like it has its yeah. huge followers now. But like, it, and it was big in its own way. Spiritualized but, could not have a greatest hits because they are yeah. not a greatest hits band mm, yeah, because they've this, never had a hit. But this song is a great hit <laughs> to me. I think it's oh, a, yeah, yeah. Like it, like it's a great song. It's just like they've ne- they've always just been like... Oh, you're into spiritualized. It's like the new pornographers. No one who isn't a music critic <laughs> likes the new pornographers. Yeah. It's the same with fucking spiritualized, yeah. man. And as a music critic, did you know this song before this? Or? I didn't know this one particularly well. But like, you know um, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I only really got into them on the back of um, Sweetheart, Sweet Light because of the video for Hey Jane, which mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, one of the best videos of the last 20 years. Amen. Literally, you only need to see it once and it will yeah. fucking ruin your life, so please watch it. I insist. I guess I always expect them to be a bit less accessible than yeah. th- what this song is. I've always figured them to be, you know, kind of like, you know, like 10-minute songs, a lot of change-ups and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Like, still kind of leaning in on that Velvet Underground psyche kind mm. of deal, but, you know, not really having something you can latch onto like on this. This, you know, it shares its title with one of the most recognisable songs <laughs> in history. It's like naming your song Thriller, you yeah. know? Like, it's a, it's a ballsy oh, fucking that's move. That's the next track on the album. Oh, yeah, it is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm looking through the track list now. It's impressive. you got Come Together, you got Thriller. Fuck, man, you got Girls Just Want to Have Fun. <laughs> no and Satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let it through the grapevine is a weird one. Oh. Happy Birthday. <laughs> Stars and Stripes. <laughs> Packer Bell's Canon. <laughs> it's got such pop accessibility, right? Like, mm. it's sing-along. Yeah, music. like, and, like, this is, like, arena-sized, and it's by this cult band from the 90s that, like... They're one of those bands where it's just, like... They can fill out, like, the opera house or whatever, but, like... If a cabbie's dropping someone off to the show, it's just like, so who are you going to see? Oh, spiritualized. Who the fuck is that? Yeah. You know? I well, like that. The cabbie test. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know what it says if, if a cabbie does or doesn't know, but it's a nice test. I remember getting picked up after a show at the Hi Fi um, and he's just like, 
so who'd you go and see tonight? And I said, Hanson. He goes, really? Oh. You know? So obviously right. he knows who fucking They passed Hanson. the, the yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they passed the test. What I love that this song does so well is just lyrically and everything is such an introspective mm. story of self-destruction and collapse or whatever, but it's just married with that huge bombastic sound. Like it's, you know, just blowing this introspective journey up onto such a huge scale. It's incredible. Yeah. And you're right. It's just, it's a poppy classic rock song. It's the Rolling Stones. It's, it's the Velvet Underground. It's everything. Mm. But the way everything is layered and with all those gospel elements, and everything, yeah. it's just, when I listen to it, I keep flipping between just enjoying it as a song and then letting myself get sucked into all these layers of sound mm. and realizing how far in I've, I've gotten myself just like, listening past everything. Mm. Something I wonder at when I listen to this song is like, what do you think the come together and come together is all about? Do you think it's like the feeling of euphoria that you have in the midst of drugs? I really, I and, the, that and, the feeling, and the feeling of togetherness? Or is it is it like he's wanting that and he's feeling apart from that and so he's trying to like actualize that through music? Or is it even more like a sense of community that you feel in despair? You know, it's like everyone, we're all fucked up, come together. In that, because I think I think like the the verses and the chorus for me, the chorus is so simple. It's just come together. Yeah. But the verses, you know, as as you said, Nathan, are this intensely personal kind of struggle. So I wonder how the two kind of meet up. I don't really have an answer to that no, yet. But yeah. as a yeah, long time, oh, and as a long time listener, you you kind yeah, of yeah. I've, I've thought a few times, and I think maybe it was because he was going through the breakup. And it's just like 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 this like idea like come on we're all drug addicts come on we're, we're yeah, together like a rallying cry yeah like the one of the last lyrics on there just that um. There's tracks of time, those tracks of mine, little J is occupied, and then they come together after that. Maybe it is like a, like a, like, like for all the lonely people kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The title of the record, ladies and gentlemen, we're floating in space. Uh, it's from that, like, it's that really entry level philosophy book, Sophie's World by Justine Gardner. Right. Um, right. Yeah. It's a, if you haven't read it, it's like a, like a young adult book that introduces the ideas of philosophy, like in a really, like, accessible way. Hmm. Um, but there's the line in that, it says, um, like, only philosophers embark on this perilous expedition to the outermost reaches of language and existence. Some of them fall off, but others cling on desperately and yell at the people nestling deep in the snug softness, stuffing themselves with delicious food and drink. Ladies and gentlemen, they yell, we are floating in space, but none of the people down there care. And I think that's a really, the spiritualized do that a lot. They So much of their music is huge and above everything. Like, right. It's just like this, everything's so overblown. They'd have, they have some softer, more minimalist songs, but as a concept, they're a band that's above things. Sure. Like, yeah. Well, in, in reference to like the context of that quote, then I guess you can kind of see it as just being like... Embrace if, this. If, like, yeah, if the world's absurd, if we're floating in space, if yeah. nothing makes sense, then you know, like neither does my suffering, neither does the apartness is, a, is an illusion as well. So yeah. just bring it in. Runner-ups? Uh, Runner-ups. There yeah. was uh, potential. Um, I, Apex Twins come to daddy is obviously fantastic, <laughs> but uh, that would be a I'm rough daddy. inclusion. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, almost anything from Friends Will Meet the Family. Sure. Uh, Nancy Vandal's Move Over Satan. Uh, Slater Kinney's Dig Me Out was yeah. this year as well. Ooh, yeah. 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 Mm. Like, the other 97 albums I love are like weirdo noise music, so I'm not going to vote for those. Um, but yeah, this was a, a, a beautiful track. Part of me thinks it, it really should have been in the countdown. I wouldn't have been surprised if it was. Yeah. I think it fits. Mm. And yeah. yeah, it's sad that it wasn't. Always very happy to talk about these guys, and they're never going to be in the countdown, particularly now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I haven't had an album in fucking six you never, years. You yeah. never know, man. Yeah, yeah, late entry. That all cover of Black Betty. You're like, oh my god, oh my <laughs> shit! <laughs> oh. But yes, spiritualized come together. That's definitely my vote this year. It wouldn't be a cover of Black Betty. It'd be another song called Black, Black Betty. Betty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> The sound of my come together rings out 
the cells of the, of the, the cells goblin of the goblin become collapse, collapse into themselves. <laughs> he goes. He passes the For event moment, horizon. It is. It is a collapsing star yeah. of a goblin. Yeah, and then he disappears, yeah. and there's nothing. You guys feel pretty good about yourselves, probably. I feel especially good because that goblin gave me the royal shit. <laughs> he really was. Uh, everyone, make a wisdom saving throw. Ooh. So roll the d20, add your wisdom modifier to it, unless you have a saving throw what that is specifically wrong with wisdom. Me? Five. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, man. I got a four. 13 in total. 13 in total. All right. The three of you fall asleep. Instantly, someone has, as if someone has cast a spell on you. They have. It's uh, been a long fucking day, man. Well, that's true. You had a big gig and <laughs> yeah. then this whole we, we went thing. We right after the show. <laughs> yeah. Biggie and fuck, you guys drop like stones. Um, but Varg, before you fall asleep, you do manage to see a cloaked figure who is mm. casting a spell at you. As your eyes close, you think for a second, isn't that a half-orc? Oh. You wake up in a cell, in a prison oh, no. cell that's been hewnly crafted into the side of a cave. Fucking cops, Surely. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, walk over from the gig. Yeah, walk over from the gig. Fuck it out. I'll get in one little fight and Varg's back in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Three of you are in a cell. You have uh, all your weapons have been taken. Um, Shit. It's like Damn metal, it. you know, metal bars of the jail cell, but they, they look pretty, pretty rough as well. Um, you're in a cave. Outside the cell, you can see a hobgoblin, like a larger goblin, sitting at the table. He's clearly the prison guard. He has a set of keys on his on his belt. Mm. He's asleep. Surrounding him are small pieces of wood and some wood shavings that lead you to the impression that he's been trying unsuccessfully to take up whistling. Uh, uh, it's so, good that he's trying. You know, exactly. Exactly. I support people having a hobby. Exactly. You know, no one's good at anything right off the start. <laughs> Can know? I tell him that? Well, he's asleep. He's asleep. He's a prison guard. <laughs> or I want to- so, prison guard sitting at a table, asleep, keys are on the side. You can see your weapons are up against the far wall. Mm. Uh, before you do anything, though, you hear a voice from the cell next to you. Oh, no. Are you guys awake? Who's closest to this voice? You, Vicky. Right. It's the cell team. <laughs> oh, you guys are asleep still? Fuck, fuck, fuck Johnson's still. I'm, I'm, I'm out. And I imagine Varg is just like getting really comfortable in a prison that's prison also a cave. Yeah. You're already composing your next black metal masterpiece <laughs> in the corner, so he's okay. Yeah, I, I, I respond quietly. Hello. Hey, hi, I'm Fantasy Tim Friedman from the band The Witchlums. <laughs> I don't know. I've been, I've been imprisoned here for like a week. Are you guys, who are you? Well, just like you, we're not really a freed man. Boo! <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> fuck's awake. <laughs> <laughs> that woke me up. <laughs> I was playing a show in Tumbleweed, and then I got kidnapped by this half-orc. I think, I think maybe it was Dave Troll. I think he's trying to kidnap all the bands so that his band can win the contest that's coming up. Whoa. What? You guys know about the contest that happens? No? Tell us about the contest, Tim. Oh, every year in Tumbleweed, the residents of Tumbleweed pick their favourite 100 songs and everyone celebrates the winner. And this year, we thought we might be in for a chance, but Dave Troll and the Gelatinous Cube Fighters, because they've been trying for years now, and they've still never won it. I think they're angry and they're, they're kidnapping bands to try and give themselves a better chance. Can you guys help? Guys, and I say, Tim as well, listen up. Um, I'm not sure how helpful this could be, but seemingly our cell captor is asleep. Let's keep our voices down. And also, I could uh, cast some fireballs that would definitely fuck him up because he's, co- he's surrounded by wood shavings. <laughs> <laughs> so that might, that, that might not get us out, but if 
if, if the one thing we can do is murder a hobgoblin, <laughs> that's not a bad evening. That sounds like a pretty short-sighted plan. <laughs> Tim Freeman, I'm, no, that's Tim sick. Freeman. I'm in. What do we do? How do wait, we, wait. How do we, we get out after we kill him? I can bust some shit a cappella. Does anyone? <laughs> like, I, I, I think he's got my loot. I think my loot's, yeah. on, my loot's on the wall my still. My loot's yeah. on the wall, so I can't play my loot, but I can sing. Okay, so we have we, have, we have ruining his whittling and <laughs> singing a jaunty tune as as two ideas. Yeah, man. Let's well, just start. Any, can, well, what's your idea? Can you guys like cast spells or any or like I don't know? I, I can. Cast- I'm out of ideas, <laughs> and I'm, I'm also trying not to like force you guys. To, to just, I don't want to lead you on too much. I could, I could legit, I don't know, like drop a banger or something, and like maybe lure him over, and then fucking, I don't know. What's your dexterity like, Varg? How nimble are your fingers? Rather, I have sixteen dexterity. Yeah, okay, that's a lot better than my nine. Because <laughs> we, touch. if we got fuck Johnson to mm-hmm. lure to lure him over with a song and keep him distracted long enough, mm. one of us could potentially, if if the song was strong enough. Lift, lift the key from the orc as he comes to the bars to listen closer. Fuck Johnson, it's very important that when you sing, you only sing loud enough that someone who's pressed up <laughs> against the bars will be able to hear. Do you think you have that kind of vocal control? I can give it a go. I think that seems like our best bet at the moment. So far, the singing of Fuck Johnson has only led us to good things. I'm willing to bank yeah, on let's that bank, Let's bank, let's bank let's, on yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right, so what are you doing? We want you to play a song. We'll we want- provide the, the hand <coughs> percussion. Tim, you just take five. I, I could harmonize or something. Great. If you want. All right. I might do a rap verse. Start singing. Depending on how it hits me. Uh, just feel it. Just, I'll just freestyle it, you know what I mean? Yeah, great. If, if needed. Okay. Yeah. All right, so so fuck Johnson, you, you, you're singing. Do I have to roll or? Um, yeah, roll a perform check. Six. Okay. Ooh. It's not your best work. All right, so you start singing, but I don't know if it's if it's the... You were, you the know, you were knocked out jail. by some spell. It's probably the acoustic. Let's blame the sound guy. Whoever <laughs> put this cell together is just not doing their job. It sounds pretty bad. Uh. Um, Tim Friedman is trying to harmonize, but he's, he's he can't see you. You guys can't communicate. It's not it's not sounding good. The guard does wake up and he's a bit concerned, but he's like, "What are you guys even doing? That sounds sounds terrible." Uh. No way. I'd- no way I would walk over towards you ah, to hear more of that. That ah, sounds... Oh, God. I thought ah. you guys were meant to be good musicians or whatever. No, no, thank you. You guys stay in your cell. I'm just... I'm going to work on this whittling that I'm doing. All right. uh, yeah, you whittlem. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. I didn't even think of this guy. <laughs> what are we thinking, guys? Wait. What if we did use the whittling... What if we what if we enraged the orc by ruining his whittling project? We got him so and then he came over to us and we got him so mad yeah. that we forced him to come into the jail cell and fight us. Yeah, alright, yeah, actually, yeah, because I, I was gonna sneakily pick the key. I no. um we'll get Fuck Johnson to think of some of his most choice insults to hop to to haul at this guy. Again, don't want to lead you guys on anymore. No, 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 but um worth checking uh Fuck Johnson's spells here. I think there's Yeah. There's you've a got, couple that would that might be useful. You've got insult, don't you, Fuck Johnson? Oh, uh, I reckon. <clears throat> it's on like yeah. page two or three. Vicious mockery. Vicious. Oh. You've also got underneath that, I think. Minor illusion. Oh, above that then. <laughs> Bardic inspiration. No, there's another one. Chum person. Oh, charm person, one, which is an option. Yeah. Give it a fucking right, so go. You're yeah. casting charm person on the hobgoblin. And, all right, he's got to roll uh, above a thirteen to resist your <sighs> your wiles. Right. So you cast your spell, he looks at you and he goes, Hey. Oh, wait, no, his voice was lower. Like, hey, hey, don't I know you guys? Aren't you the 
feel like I know you guys. Aren't we, aren't we friends? How'd you guys get in here? I, I didn't realise it was you guys. Did you we do at, something bad? Oh, look, we had a scuffle with some orcs. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's a bit rough. Oh, you should see the other guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why you're here, but I figure maybe I could let you out. That'd be sick if yeah. you could. Oh, look, I, you guys can't stay in here. I'm going to let you guys out. Oh, he, thanks, man. He opens the, he pulls out his key and opens the cell. We give him all a firm high five. Oh, oh thanks, dude. It's really... I can't, Wait, I can't remember. Can we bring our plus one? Your plus one? Oh, this this guy, Friedman. Yeah, yeah, mate. He's with us. I what, thought, what's see, I thought he was here because he was uh, he was like a musician, and I know that the boss has been putting musicians in here. Yeah, I, I, heard I don't, about I don't that. know if I can let. I yeah, mean, have, I think I'd get in a lot of trouble. You know. Have you ever heard one of his songs, mate? Very dreary. I don't think he's going to cause any threat to you. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You better let him come with us. Maybe we can teach him a few things. You know. Mm. Okay, but I think I think you got to make him not write more songs. Yeah, we'll teach him uh, whittling and... Whittling. You know, I've been trying to get into whittling. Well, we'll see um, what we can do, man. This is what I, I've been working on. It's on the table here. It's, Maybe we could form a little community. We can like, all get I together mean, on just, Wednesday night I'm and just uh, starting, have a whittle. This, is, this <laughs> is what he shows you is his whittling. Vark can get into it too, We love man. to talk about whittling all night. We all love talking about whittling and how fun it is. Mm. <laughs> but well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we'll, we'll get we'll get into it and we'll we'll gather together in the community center in Tumbleweed and we'll start a whittling group. Sounds oh, that good. sounds really good. Yeah. All right. Look, so I'll get Vag into it too. We'll, we'll, get, just, we'll um, get some goth whittling. Yeah. You know, just try not to, you know, be be a bit chill as you get out here. Yeah, so mate. he opens the door and lets uh, Tim Fantasy Tim Friedman out Excellent. as well. Tim Friedman like thanks guys. So we, we can just grab our gear and get out there mate. Yeah, 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 no yeah, worries. Awesome. Easy uh, so Wednesdays. Yeah, Wednesdays, Wednesdays down at the yeah. um, Tumbleweed, Tumbleweed Community PCYC Center. or something. That's right. Yeah. Oh, all right, great. I'll That's see you guys thing. there. Great. Okay, well, thanks, good man. Good to see you guys. We'll 100% see you there. Please change your plans to make sure you can come. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I definitely will. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you, you take all your stuff off the wall, step out of the room uh, into the corridor with uh, Fantasy Tim Friedman. You're in a corridor. Towards the right, you can see the cave path sort of bending towards it's kind of getting lighter and you can feel a bit of a breeze from there mm. probably the way out yeah, of the cave yeah. to the left of the cave it gets uh, a little bit deeper a bit darker at the end you can see a small door on the other side of the corridor and at the end of the corridor is a big double wooden door with the initials dg like sort of hacked into it quite crudely with an axe mm. or something i really think we should go there tim uh, you've been in there longer than us if you want to make a break for it we won't disparage you for being a coward. Yeah, look, I'm not a fighter. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to yeah, gonna fair play, try and go man. back and write some more songs. Okay, we, we did tell the Hobgoblin you weren't going to write songs. So if something happens to you, it's on your head, just, you know, liability. It's not us. If you get murdered, that's, yeah, you know, see ya, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe just do a little bit of whittling to, just to keep up the, keep up the ruse yeah, in nice. case any orcs knock on your door. Sounds good. Yeah, okay. All right, he, he, he makes a run for it. See you, Timbo. Okay. Okay, with the coward's gone, I say, <laughs> we, we, I say we venture in. Let's check out the smaller mm. area first. Okay, I think let the door swing. Yeah. You walk in, you're in a room where a bunch of people are all sitting at a table. Oh. You recognise Fantasy Dennis Leary, the Elderberries, and whatever fantasy name for Oasis might be, Adam. <laughs> See, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> are all sitting at a table frantically writing on, pit- uh, on scraps of parchment. In the middle of the table, there's a luminescent blue crystal. It's reflected in all of their eyes. Whoa. The rest of the room is mostly empty. It's just a big table in the middle with, I mean, it's quite a few people, I guess, mm. the two bands and Dennis Leary. A lot of people sitting, writing on parchment, crystal in the middle of the table. Did they notice us come in? Not at all. They look frustrated, mm. but in, like wholly fixated on writing. Mm. I walk over. They don't respond at all. That's what they I was wondering. They don't acknowledge at all. I, um, I tap them on the shoulder. Nothing. Nothing. Hello. 
nothing. Okay. Varg, does it seem as though they're under some kind of spell? Can you the, check? Oh, yes. I have detect magic. Great. All right. You cast detect magic. Yeah. Uh, the crystal in the middle of the table glows brightly. It's proper magic. It's proper magic. That's right. right. Okay. <laughs> as an experiment, I walk to the table and I pick up the crystal. It's it's fastened to the table. It's. Is there any way to move the crystal at all? You can roll a strength check to try and rip it off or something. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll roll a strength check. Yep. The total is 14. It doesn't budge. Okay. Doesn't it's budge. it looks like it's fasted on there. It feels like it's it's, it's stuck. It's magic. It's okay. stuck with okay. magic. I, I, I tell them guys that um there's some powerful magic coming from this crystal. I think it's encha- entranced these beloved musicians to be right. What are, what are they writing on the paper? Uh, it kind of looks like songs. It yeah. looks like song lyrics. There's yeah, a lot right. of couplets going on. Some right. kind of melody. Yeah. Stuff. Hot take. These guys have been enslaved yeah. by Dave Troll 100%. to try and write the next big winner for the Tumbleweed Hottest 100 song competition. Because oh, we know Troll himself can't do this shit. So. These can make powerful allies if we were to free them from the spell. I think perhaps it might be time for me to use my special ability. I was going to oh! say, yes. What is your special ability? It is Bachelorette by Björk. So that was my pick for the 1997 Hottest 100, Hottest 100s and 1000s remix episode, Bachelorette by Björk, coming off the absolutely outstanding album Homogenic, Mm. which sadly, MIA, not only for the 1997 countdown, but the 1998 countdown, absolutely bizarre. This is like the Benz not being in last season. But this is like Björk's OK Computer and like some of her biggest, most memorable tracks, Yoga, this song, Hunter, um, not here. I just think this is a real shame. Not only because it would have been great to have Björk in the countdown, but it kind of smacks a little bit like another opportunity to applaud a highly influential, seminal, powerful female artist has kind of been missed. I know, of course, that the Hottest 100 is not the best example of that. And, and even Björk as an artist still has a huge amount of critical acclaim. But it still, to me, smacks of that a little bit. And, and I think just particularly because I've been thinking recently, like, how annoying it is that any conversations involving the word influential particularly seem to, to not be nearly female-focused enough. I just really think that the way people talk about Björk should be the same way that people talk about Radiohead. For sure. It's an injustice that Björk isn't 
as overrated as everyone else. Yeah, is. that's like, that's yeah. that's kind like of it. Never, yeah. There's very little like, oh god, people are always being. Yeah. yeah. So Bjork in composing Homogenic was kind of moving away from post sound, which was deliberately trying to do a whole lot of different things. And the reason that she called it Homogenic is because she was really searching for this one kind of sound that encapsulated everything that she wanted to do. So you have these grand orchestral moments mixed up against electronica, still with a really strong pop sensibility. I love the way Pitchfork described Homogenic, saying that the main theme is the wish to rush headlong into a life lived to the fullest, an unbridled yearning for the sublime. And that is just a wonderful mission statement for Björk. Someone who studied music from the age of five and yet still thinks the best way to describe a song is, say, pink and fluffy. She was trying to do a lot of different things with this album, including trying to capture Iceland. So this song, the lyrics of which were actually written in collaboration with an Icelandic poet. Um, Sjorn. Sjorn. I've read one of his books. I, no I had no idea that there was a connection there, but yeah, I've read one of his, his like uh, novellas. Yeah. It was really good. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So they were like friends. And in her own words, she said, I, I knew I wanted this song's lyrics to be epic. So I, we just sat down and we just kind of crafted it. And you have lyrics like the fantastic opening, which I think is so hard to move past. I am a fountain of blood in the shape of a girl. Oh, it is so good. And, and, and that kind of sets the tone for what all the rest of the lyrics uh, in this song are about. She mythologizes herself and then talks about how she's interacted with. If... She was trying to capture Iceland through these songs. I think Bachelorette is the volcano. It's the, all the volcanic activity that you have in Iceland. It's this rolling, fiery, tumultuous... It, it, but there's not necessarily violent. There's something about it that's very contained. And it still contains a bit of peace. And it contains a lot of beauty. But it's still incredibly volatile. And I think Björk is really trying to express the way that she relates to other people, especially at this time of her life. This was coming off a really, really tumultuous time in terms of Björk's love life. She says that, like, the album itself was also created as a form of urgent therapy. I think this song is amazing for me because of that emotional kind of pull. You're combining these orchestral grand strings, these this huge piano line that lands so heavily in this kind of waltz, and simply delivering one of my favourite vocal performances ever. I think, yeah, wow. Honestly, when she hits that high note towards the end of the song, oh. and you know the one I'm talking about, yeah, 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 yeah. That is one of the best things a human voice has done that has been recorded. I absolutely adore it. I've mentioned a few times <laughs> with Björk. I have never really consumed her work as records or like in full properly. Never really been someone who's like embraced her as an artist. I hadn't heard this before, Adam. Oh, um, fantastic. Yeah. When we were preparing for this episode, uh, this, this is the last song I listened to of the four. And like, I, was, I was very, very excited to finally say I heard it and then I listened to Homogenic and I really fucking liked it. Yes. This, this, oh, cool. Uh, finally, I knew it was coming. I knew I would become, I, I would listen to Björk and really like her. And I knew that. But like, yep. this, though, like the weird fucking quasi Bond string cinematic bombast with the, with the heavy yeah. piano keys her voice I was like no I'm doing it this has to be it and it was it so that was what a, what yeah. a journey yeah. even yeah. just like within the podcast in the podcast like years. yeah wow. but finally yep so this song thank you very I'm very, yeah. I'm very glad that you finally got there and yeah. I'm very glad that it was it was my picking yeah, it back that got 100%. you like, yeah it's really it is frustrating though that like you know I love Army of Me and many earlier Björk tracks that we've talked about yeah but for for me, this album is such a like pinnacle of her realizing her craft. Yes, and it and all these things that, that like she, she's clearly been moving towards for a long time. Yeah, um, and it's yeah, it's very frustrating that 
at this point, it's not in the countdown that I we just, wouldn't have got to talk about it. Yeah, and it just don't because like Triple J were clearly already on to Bjork. Yeah, and it's not as if this album was slept on in '97 either. It, it actually only lost out for um, the Grammy because of OK Computer. Um, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I, I hold the the Hottest 100 up to be such a wonderful chronicle of music history, and I just would love to have seen you yeah. know Bjork being one of my favorite artists from one of my favorite albums as included in that. Beautiful song, Deej. Uh, this is one of those songs that's intrinsically linked to the video for me. Like, the video is spectacular. Oh, incredible, right? Like, so many guest programmers uh, picked this. Like, and I used to obsessively watch those and record those. And like, on rage. Oh yeah. Yeah, sweet. It was actually cool to revisit it and listen to it purely just focusing on the audio itself. You know what I mean? Mm, you know, yeah. it's just like you listen to an OK Go record and you're just like. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's just okay. But with Björk, uh, there's just always so much going on. Even her most popular songs, there's, there's always something that clicks and it's just like, oh, I never noticed that about that particular song before. Like, maybe, like, she'll come in at an interesting point or, like, there'll be, like, some kind of chordal change in the music where I'll just like, Oh, I never noticed that kind of transition before. Mm. And the thing I love about her as an artist is she always keeps me guessing and always, like, no matter what level the music is on, whether it's, like, you know, something like a banger like or something, you know, like, really bare and really emotionally fucked up, whatever it is, like, she always has this way to present it uh, in a way that I wouldn't think to have presented it before, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think Bachelorette is a, a great example of that. You know, there's a lot of rawness and a lot of fucking like really vulnerable lyrics in this, in this song. And, you know, like it's kind of her, you know, bearing it all, but also kind of having that very slight, like 5% or whatever, that degree of accessibility where it kind of sticks in your head. Mm. I was the only Bjork fan in my house growing up. My parents fucking hated her. Well, I, I lived with a housemate who absolutely hated Bjork as well. <laughs> yeah. Just, you're welcome to have music on, never Bjork. <laughs> and it was like the forbidden fruit situation. It's like whenever I lived in that house, it's just like all I wanted to listen to is Bjork. He leaves the house. And now we can play the forbidden yeah, 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 music. Yeah. They come back in and they're like, You've been listening, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, the last day you live in that house, he's just blasting sugar cubes. It's, like, yeah. it's a loophole, motherfucker! Any uh, runner-ups? Many. I was very, very close to uh, picking Deftones, Be Quiet and Drive Far Away. Just as an example of a weird outlier of, like, new metal at this time. Built to Spills, Randy described Eternity, the opening um, to their album from this year. Big, epic build-up and kind of existentially terrifying song from, you know, uh, an indie band that I've only recently come to love. Yola Tango's Autumn Sweater, again, yeah. a great indie cut from 97. Um, and you know what? Also surprised that we never get to talk about Everlong by the Foo Fighters, even though, you know, Foo Fighters definitely are represented oh. in the Hottest 100. <laughs> Everlong, is, Everlong is in the Hottest 100. It's in an all-time, but, but yeah. not in a... Uh... Didn't the acoustic version get in? Yeah. Oh, right. But the, but the colour and the shape classic version of Everlong huh. is nowhere to be seen, which I think, yeah. again, very weird. How because weird? I wanted to give a shout-out to, to that one as well. You use Bachelorette by Björk. Yeah, that high note. That high note, the crystal starts to vibrate and then shake and then shatters and disintegrates into a million pieces around the room. Fantasy Dennis Leary and the Elderberries and Oasis, their eyes clear up and all of a sudden they realise where they are. 
they say, oh my God, I'm not doing voices for all of them because I'm not even going to do that. My God, <laughs> just do Oasis then. No. <laughs> <laughs> they say, oh my God, you say, thank you so much. You saved us. Um, we've been trapped here for weeks. We were, we were forced to, to write songs. And Was it Dave us- Troll? Who? I don't know who it was. Ah, how did you find yourself here? Maybe it was. And, and one of them is like, I think it was Dave Troll. And the other one's like, I don't, I don't know. It's like, we just, we played a show and then we, we got kidnapped. Um, we got ambushed as we were trying to leave. I would like to deliver a rousing speech. Nice. May I roll for charisma? Do it. <gasps> you got to right. give us a little bit of the speech though. All right. Friends, what has happened to you has been an injustice. No musician should be treated so poorly. You are truly paragons of the community, doing a great service, giving people joy, dem feels. It is time to make those who have made you suffer pay. Are you with us? Roll. One. One? Oh, no! Literally, nobody was listening. Oh, man! Everyone was like dusting off their clothes, and then you finish. You're like, "That's our plan," and that's like, "Wait, wait, what? Sorry, <laughs> oh nothing, it's fine." <laughs> Biggie, terrible orator. That turns out can't turns speak out. very well at all. As thanks, they uh, they give you guys potions. They heal you up, um, so you're on full hit points. If you were hurt in the goblin fight before, um, and they also replenish your spells. So any spells that you've cast, you can cast again nice. from now. On. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Let's keep moving. We say thank you. Uh, so there's only one door. I, I say there's nothing. only one door. Big double wooden door. That's it. Right. Okay. Uh, DG. Right. I look to my two comrades, and so they're all fucking off though. The, yeah, the they, they're just yeah, gonna yeah. leave. Can't um, be bothered to. I um, I, gra- I grab the door handles and I try. <laughs> Why to- would they stay? <laughs> they were hardly inspired by anything. <laughs> I try and yeah. open the door. Yeah, it opens. It opens. Big heavy doors yeah. swing open. Yeah. What's on the other side? All right. Inside, there's some kind of lamps with fire on the walls because you know it looks very. Very cinematic, mm. this room. Big room. At the far end, in front of a fireplace, you see a half-orc figure holding a lute, really, really frustratedly trying to come up with some riffs and failing. He looks super angry. You walk in? We walk in. All right. Yeah. He, he, he hears you. He hears the doors yeah. open or yeah. whatever and turns around. He's like, oh, my God, how did you get out? I'm so angry. I'm so angry about... I'm just skipping through this because yeah. I'm very tired at this How oh, did you get out? Man, I've yeah. been trying to write this song for so long. Forever long. Thank you, Ditch. I say, Dave, we charmed our way out. We freed your fucking writers. This shit has to fucking stop. I think it might be time to show Dave what a really good song sounds like. Could not agree more. Do you have a song, perhaps, (laughs) that... I mean, I don't want to lead you. (laughs) I mean, you know what? As a matter of fact, I do. Rip, rip, wood chip, turn it into paper. Don't... (laughs) My pick is Rip Rip What year did that come out? Hang on 1989 baby (laughs) Oh of course you just knew that Year of my birth Hey You wicked singed As long as it wasn't Hey True Blue We're golden Imagine, imagine <laughs> fucking the hatred. <laughs> Is it a cockatoo? <laughs> oh Fuck Johnson. What yeah. Do you got? Look, you little bitch boy. You little fucking. You're talking to Dave. Yeah, I'm yep. talking yeah. to Dave Troll. Listen up. This song's called "The Rain" in brackets, super duper fly, and that's by Missy, Mister Mina Elliot. 
Uh, the Rain, Super Duper Fly by Missy Elliott, uh, produced by Timberland from the album Super Duper Fly, which came out in 1997. Welcome to the future, my friends. I picked this song because it is a, a lot of what we are going to be hearing for the next 20 plus years. <laughs> Without this, there is no, there is no dirt on your shoulder. There's no Crimea River. There's no turn of the century defining hits of pop, hip hop, R and B. I see this as, yeah, like a real big turning point. I have loved Missy Elliott since the very second that I saw her as an impressionable child, uh, watching the videos for things like Work It and Pass the Dutch. Just seeing a very proud, fat black woman just getting up there and just owning everything about themselves. You trace it back to this video at a time where... You know, most girls in hip-hop videos were either in the background or just, you know, in bikinis, you know, like, hanging out near a car. She is in a giant black fucking garbage bag suit, which is now regarded as one of the most iconic looks of the 90s. It was replicated on Broad City. It looks so sick. It's got that really dark, menacing beat. It's got that that hook that sticks in your mind. I've been obsessed with Missy Elliott for many, many years. We do get to talk about Missy Elliott in canon, uh, eventually. But uh, yeah, this one uh, was uh, not part of that canon, but I think it should have been. It's a reflection of uh, Missy Elliott as a personality, as a uh, larger-than-life figure in hip-hop, and also... Uh, Timbaland for the fucking genius that he was, is, and forever shall be. Missy Elliott, what I know her for mainly, her personality is so huge, right? She dominates everything she's in, but here, there's only kind of like three kind of shortish verses, and Mm. like a huge portion of it is just Timbaland's fantastic production, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are stretches that she's not really present, but you still feel her. Her charisma just carries through so fucking well. She's just one of the most charismatic front people in hip-hop. Like, yeah. everything yeah, yeah, she yeah. does, I'm like, ah, Missy's so cool. I want to hang out with Missy Elliott. Exactly. Again, you know, going back to what I was saying about Björk in terms of, like, underrated, uh, influential female artists, look no further than Missy Elliott in terms of hip-hop. Like, yeah. again, still critically acclaimed, but you could argue just still not 
to the extent that she should be because like because it's a new damn album yeah right <laughs> what you said about this setting the tone for all those you know pop R&B and hip hop things to come like when you say that it's just like oh it just clicks it makes total sense it's Timberland though right he just like he's yeah behemoth. exactly he would he go is. on to have such a massive influence on these these artists but same with Missy Elliott, that kind of experimental flow and yeah, that confidence, you know, like using that weird kind of aesthetic. Marilyn Manson is indebted to Missy Elliott when you look at the, like, the kind of yeah, looks that she was pulling and the looks that he was pulling around yeah, at the wow. same time. Her influence crosses genres, it crosses borders. You it's know? not just about music, but it's about, you know, like yeah. the way you express yourself as a, as a celeb as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly right. And as an artist. But um, yeah, you guys like this track? Yeah, very much. It's I just so much before, fun. But it, yeah. You haven't heard this I have one, not really? Heard it, no, but it this fucking is like slaps. one of her most popular songs. You know, yeah, I, right. I thought I hadn't heard it, and then that hook came in, and I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, right, this song. It's just like, oh, I definitely have. It's just like the whole way through. Yeah. It's that production, but it's just Missy the whole way through. You're like, this is just great. It's yeah, so totally. fun. It's so her. Everything says, I'm like, man, you'd be cool to hang out with. Like, yeah, yeah. She just, seems like a Like, chill. beyond the music, just her as yeah. a person. You yeah, know? but that's it. But I think so much of her music is. In the like informing the like the construction of the like at this point like the misdemeanor yes like not that she's presenting a false persona but like no, no everybody she's... in music is presenting a persona to a certain degree yeah and the, way she, the way she constructs her stereo music just makes me want to fucking give her a high five and like have a beer she yeah. seems like an awesome fucking person yeah. and it's because these like her flow where she weaves in and out of the beat here is part of that she's just fucking cool yeah nice any uh, also nearly picks two. Uh, Shady Lane by Pavement and Awesome by Veruca Salt. Nice. nice. Pavement. Nice. Oh. All right. Uh, fuck Johnson. Yeah. You use rain, super duper fly, and the room fills up with rain. Water pouring through the holes in the cavern. Fire is being extinguished left it. and right. Exactly. He's going to melt like in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> well, it's something that does melt is a mask that he's wearing. What? And beneath oh. that mask is still a half-orc, but a half-orc with a pencil moustache. Is that? A half-orc with a sneer and a hat. <laughs> it's not Dave Grohl. It's Dave Graney. Oh, no! <laughs> the villain all along. Exactly. I knew it. I mean, I, <laughs> hey, you! I was on yeah, that. Yeah, you! I was on that season one. All right, let's roll some initiative. All right. Seven. Five. Nine. <laughs> what is wrong with me? You guys are so bad at rolling initiative. Fuck you. The first thing he does, you know what? He casts magic missile. Each of you takes three damage. Shit! So mark that down. Fuck. And he sneers, I will not let you ah. ruin my plans. Ah. For I am Dave Graney, and I'm feeling kind of sporty. sporty. <laughs> Fuck Johnson, you're up. What are you doing? I've got all my shit back, right? Yeah, all, all right, hand me my fucking rapier. Let's do this. You gonna charge in? Yeah, man. I love it. Seven. Plus five? Yeah. That's not enough. Damn it! He Do, he, do an inspire at the end of your turn as Oh, well. yeah, you can inspire someone right now. Inspire Varg to cast the mad spells. Mm. Yeah. Fuck him up, Varg. Fuck Dude. him up. Oh, fuck him up. So you get this and you can add it to any dice roll. Oh, cool. Um, I'm casting Firebolt. Nice. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Well, it's a six. Plus. Uh, attack modifier is plus five, so 11. You can add the die. <laughs> Damn it! It's not a. I really wanted to make it a hit. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's not a hit. Ah. Um, you graze him yeah. and singe some. Of, we can't really singe <laughs> his moustache because it's so too, too thin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So no, Biggie, you're up. Javelin time. I haven't used a javelin yet. You. I'm so excited about the javelins. Let's <laughs> go. Right. 
All right. Here we go. You throw a javelin at Dave Graney. 15. That's more like it. Plus a plus five to hit. That's That's a hit. That's going to do some shit. It's a six, Whoa. so that's a massive nine, nine damage. Chavelins, right. guys. Yeah. Catch him in the leg. It looks painful. Dave Graney sort of staggers back up. He looks at you, fuck Johnson, oh, that ran no. at him with the rapier, and he casts Ray of Frost. You take four cold damage. Chili boy. Yeah, it's all right. So fuck Johnson, you're up. In the deep. All right, fuck. Give me the rapier again. Uh, fuck it. All right. Fuck! Fuck! <laughs> Fuck! This is you as you're getting cold. Like, oh, God damn it, for cold, yeah. 11. He's just saying his own name. Plus? Five? That's a hit. You just two hit, baby. <laughs> he says. <laughs> Annoyingly. Um, so roll for damage. I think, is that a D8? Seven. Was it how many stabbing? Plus three piercing Plus damage. Three. That's huge, huge damage. Huge damage. Varg, you're up. Okay, I cast Firebolt again. Nice. And so I'm going to hit... Oh, critical miss. Oh, no! <laughs> you fall over. I burned my fingies. <laughs> you burned your fingies. <laughs> oh, fuck. Like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Not contributing hugely to damage here, guys. I apologise. Figgy, your turn. Can I attempt to talk to Dave, to Dave Graney? Sure. Why are you doing this, Dave? Because I want to win. I want to win the Tumbleweed Song Contest. You don't do it this way. Surely you can write a good song. You know I can't. (laughs) (laughs) You know as well as anybody that I can't. (laughs) I've been trying for years and I can't do it. I get slandered on music, (laughs) on, on song review. I don't know, whatever fantasy version of a podcast is. Listen, Dave, music isn't just about those who make it. It's about those who can appreciate it as well. Only 100 artists at max can get into the hottest 100, but it can be enjoyed by countless numbers. I can never enjoy it until I win. And with that, he uses his special ability. Oh, my God. Which is Will Smith's getting jiggy. (laughs) Why does he have that? Because I need to have one. I'm not in it. On your mark, ready, set, let's go. Dance for pro, I know, you know, I go psycho when my new joint hit. Just can't sit, gotta get jiggy with it. That's it, now honey, honey, come ride. TKNY, all up in my eye. You gotta try to bag with a lot of stuff in it. Give it to your friend, let's spin. Everybody looking at me, glancing at the kid. Wishing they was dancing a jig here with this handsome kid. Sick a cigar right from Cuba Cuba. I just bite it, it's for the look, I don't light it. It'll wait to hand me on the hand, stay all play. Give it up, jiggy, make it feel like four play. Yo, my cardio is infinite. <laughs> Big Willie Styles all in it. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. That is uh, Getting Jiggy With It by Will Smith, which I have, for whatever reason, selected to be my uh, pick for the remix episode for the 1997 Hottest 100. So why have you selected that? that? Look, there, I had some also rands as well. I nearly picked a Slater Kenny track. Um, also, mm-hmm. I'm Afraid of Americans, David Bowie. I just like this song, and I've always liked this song. How could you not? Right. Yeah. It's just fun. No, it's I, true. I enjoy both ironically and unironically Will Smith's like very wholesome rap persona that just like doesn't fit or have any like anything behind it. And it's so clear that it's just to make this cookie cutter, hyper accessible pop rap song. Yeah. But when he says like the cigar is for the look, I don't light it. That's great. I just think that's so good. 
this is just a super fun song. This is one of my karaoke go-tos. Um, oh, and nice as one. a white person, it's one of the few rap songs that I can do <laughs> at karaoke without having to worry about anything. I also have a story attached to this song for me. Uh, several years ago, I was in the Philippines hanging with um, some theater people over there, and they had a huge mass mock trial wedding where the guy in charge of the theater group got ordained by some weird internet church of... Church of life or whatever. Yeah, whatever. He, he was ordained uh, to, to run a, a mock wedding and everyone got married for a week. And this, this is like a, a theater thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But it was also like kind of real. Classic theater. The fun of it was that kind of it real. Was, he was ordained and it was like... Yeah. Oh, are we technically? Who knows? So everyone got married. It was me and some other Australian theatre people that had gone over, but then also a lot of uh, Filipino people that were there. We spent the afternoon. We had to like get all our wedding accoutrements and everything. We also had to write our vows. <laughs> right. And me and my partner, Rachel, were up first. And uh, I said my vows first. And my vows were just the lyrics to getting jiggy with it. Uh, uh, spoken which, as vows. Which particular one? Just from the start. Really? From, from on your mark, ready, set, let's go. Dance floor, plow. You know, I know, I go psycho. <laughs> You know, classic vows. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Bigging yourself I, up. Exactly. I did those vows. Uh, Rachel then did very earnest vows, <laughs> <laughs> which made me look like the biggest dick. No! Um, but then even worse than that, multiple other people that were doing the week trial wedding were queer, which um, queer people oh, in the God. Philippines couldn't get married. And they were crying um, out of happiness of being able to celebrate their relationship in this way, even though it wasn't this big official way. It was incredibly important to them. One person, their partner couldn't be there, so they kind of did it by phone and they were both crying. And oh. I felt like the biggest, oh, the biggest jerk. Because you were getting jiggy with it. Because I was getting jiggy with it. It's it's a special song. I thought it was a funny time. All I expressions of love. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> I honestly think that there is a place for Will Smith in the oeuvre of rap. Like I've heard to say, people just say like he's the whitest black man alive, <laughs> and like I don't disparage him too much like that. <laughs> but like his family friendly raps that he does, like his flow isn't terrible. Like mm. he's oh no, yeah, Jesse yeah. Jeff and the Fresh Prince is like. Fucking primo. Oh, back in the day, yeah. yeah. And like, well, why he uses jiggy? Like, he's reclaiming uh, the, the term jigaboo, like, which is an insulting term for an African American. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is that what jiggy's? Holy yeah. shit. No and like, shit. And he's like saying, like, like, yeah, you know what? I am getting, I, I'm, I'm getting black with it. Like, it's cool to be black and you dance and you have fun. So, this is so like, saying, I can't do this song at karaoke. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I have kind to be getting wiggy with it. <laughs> That's cool, right? Like, yeah. I'm, I, I'm not sure how many, if that was a widely used slur or anything like that, or it's just something that he has heard and knows as being an insult that it happened to him, or he just read about it historically or something like that. But just like music that people who have parents who are like, you can't listen to rap because it's vulgar and like sexually exploitative, whatever that. You can listen to Will Smith though because it's good. And even for those people, there's still this point where like, you know what? Yeah, we are getting jiggy with it. Like, cause like it's fucking cool to be an African American. There's, there is a place for Will Smith. It's okay to love this song, and it's a very fun, awesome song. It yeah. wasn't Men in White. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Apparently, uh, no one asked him to write that song. He came into the studio one day and was like... The Men in Black theme song. Yeah, the Men in Black theme song. He's like, I've written a song for the movie. What about oh, Wild West? Good. I assume after he did Men in Black, he just assumed that he'd be doing that for every movie. It's so... Come seven pounds, we're still waiting. Yeah. Hancock. Hancock was begging for one. Yeah, really Hancock was. was. Happiness. Absolutely more songs need tie-in. Yeah. yeah. Songs yeah. and rap right. songs. Credit raps. N- bring him back. Yeah. Come on. What are we doing? But this is a We've fucking lost our fun way. tune, man. Like, it's oh, fun. Oh, yeah, it's right? so good. 
Yeah. And, and I think some of the crap we've had to talk about this season, I don't think it would have been that out of place. It's obviously very, like... Commercial and pop and mainstream, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I don't think it. I think it could have. Hey, snuck in there. Good shit. Dave Graney uses getting jiggy with it because, of course, he does. Um, and the cave starts to crumble and shake. Bits of the the ceiling oh, are falling no. in. There's we should have be never come in. here. Well, that's right. <laughs> Uh, he looks at the three of you. He's got a javelin in his leg. He's been stabbed, I think, once or twice. I don't know. And he's like, if I can't enjoy the hottest 100, then neither can any of you. You're going down with me. What do you do? I say we leg it and leg it. continue to use projectiles as we run. <laughs> yep. Fuck Johnson. Parting crossbow shot. Yes, fuck it. It's <laughs> behind the Oh, yeah. shit, it's a 20. Uh, yeah, that's where you go. <laughs> oh. Fuck Johnson. You're running towards the exit. Without even looking, you hold your crossbow over your head like you were playing a wicked guitar solo and launch a bolt and it hits Dave Graney right between the eyes. Oh, I wanted to go in his dick. I wanted it to go straight (laughs) through. Sorry, when I said eyes, I meant groin. His Dave Graney. His Dave Graney. All right, you guys run out of the cave as it collapses and, you know, you're okay. You're safe. All the other musicians you manage to get out of here, you make your way down to Tumbleweed where you are welcomed as heroes, the gnomes that run the big three. That you're welcome for life. Free Fuck drinks yes. always on the house. Uh, dire spider bait. Uh, very interested in collaborating with you anytime you want. Fuck, Fuck Johnson. Yes. Um, and the three of you are just heroes. Holy shit! And, and that's, that's the adventure. The true adventure with the songs we reviewed along the way. Well, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> hey, now that we've uh, we've arrived back in Tumbleweed, maybe it's time we ask some of the. <laughs> some of the residents of Tumbleweed. What they thought about uh, about the most this recent year's Tumbleweed Song Contest. <laughs> yes. Just we can keep this going. It's but uh, sincerely, everyone that wrote in and sent in some voice recordings, it's really appreciated. Great to hear from you guys. Really glad that you had some takes that differed from ours, and that it was really wonderful. So we just like to share some of those. Yeah, with you now. This comes from Michael, who uh, says he also currently makes and posts his own list of favorite songs from each year. We all do that. It's the the winners thing to do. It's yeah. the, um, where, where music is a sport. Music is a sport. Exactly. End of the year is final season, it's, and you got to write. It's a sport and a chore. <laughs> Um, Michael said, uh, I wasn't old enough to know what 90, 1997 was really like, but I feel like it was one of my favorite years of music in the 90s. Same, Man- same, Michael. Mainly for the likes of OK Computer, Nimrod, Unit. My takes, whether or not they are hot takes, is totally your call. Uh, JC by Powderfinger deserves far more credit, doing something at this point they weren't known for, which makes it stick out massively in a great way. I was a bit shocked with the reaction it got. Okay. Sorry, mate. I'm a powder finger detractor. You can't, yeah. Yeah. Come fight me. Well, Waluigi is going to be... <laughs> Damn it. He's going to Waluigi. He's going to Waluigi. Nothing by Beaverloop <laughs> is one of the most intriguing what-the-fuck moments in Hottest 100 history, which strangely draws me to it, although I know it shouldn't. Green Day, King for a Day, would be one of my favourite songs that didn't make it in, though the album itself gets the credit it deserves. It's one of many Nimrod deep cuts that go too far uh, under the radar. I struggle to understand how only three OK Computer tracks made it in. Uh, I think we've got one next season. I think that's the third. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The two that did make it in in 1997 happened to be two of my favourite songs ever. Uh, and last take is I just can't do Place Your Hands. <laughs> Having heard it every 10 minutes on triple, in Triple M at my old work was enough for millions of lifetimes. 
All right, well, I get it. Yeah. Right. Just, well, I mean, going nah, back in a... coward talk. <laughs> I was really surprised, actually, just talking about Place Your Hands, about how much I enjoyed it. Because I, I thought it would be the same thing for me, but I think it's been just enough time for me not listening to commercial radio that when the I was... wounds have healed. Exactly. When I came back to it and I listened to it, I was listening to it like it was a, it was a fresh song. So my advice is abstinence... I think the OK computer thing is interesting um, because I think there's been a trend over the years in the Hottest 100 of artists getting more and more songs in. And at this point in the countdown, three or four still feels like the limit. 1997 in particular, probably because it was such a bumper year, um, is known amongst the Hottest 100 countdowns as notably having very few multiple entries. It's kind of like a, a real thing, the amount of different artists that you have represented including beaver loop and you know what like just going back to that we we did shit on that repeatedly throughout the course of the countdown and rightfully so yeah it's a terrible song but i have has anyone else just like become weirdly endeared to it by the end i know i haven't listened to it since i'm not a fool (laughs) should we hear from an audio one yes all right um this one was actually the first one we received matt uh sent us this Hey to everyone, and in particular my two friends who I think listen to this podcast and might be hearing this. I don't have any particular insider knowledge as I'm a bit too young for it, though in saying that my earliest memory of music is hearing it tub-thumping on the radio frequently at the time, so surely I would have voted for it. I do have a strong relationship with the Hottest 100, which is obviously how I'm listening to this as well. I discovered Triple J in late 2006, and ever since then, the Hottest 100 day has been my favourite day of the year, and not long after, I got obsessed with the historical backlog of it. I wanted to hear every song that's ever been in the Hottest 100. Once I was an adult with an income, I made it a project to buy at least five entries a week and listen to them closely, shifting the goal from hearing all the songs to knowing all the songs. Apart from this year's list, which is still fresh, I can say I've listened to every Hottest 100 entry since 1993 at least ten times, even the ones that really don't deserve that much attention. And because I'm a music nerd who makes and looks at music charts all day, every day, some years back I made an even more ambitious task to rank every single entry in the Hottest 100 from number 2000 to number 1 in terms of which I like the most. Like most musical opinions I've had more than five years ago, a lot of it is embarrassing to look back at. But I do want to note that at the very bottom of all the 1997 entries, we had our good friend Beaver Loop. Aside from that, I do want to think that the 1997 Hottest 100 is one of the stronger lists. Close to half of the list of songs are songs I would say that I genuinely love. And aside from all the obvious stuff that everyone loves, I want to shout out Space's song Female of the Species is one of my particular favourites in the whole list. I don't recall it being mentioned on the podcast, but the song was used in the first Austin Powers movie, so when I rediscovered it early this decade, the xylophone intro gave me an immense sugar rush of nostalgia that I still haven't cooled down on. I also want to note one of my favourite discoveries in the list, that's Cordrazine's Crazy, which is possibly one of my favourites only by accident. In the song's m- most well-known incarnation, it's more string-based, and that's the entry that got us the Hottest 100. But since I didn't know any better, I accidentally downloaded the album version that wasn't released until 1998. That one replaces the strings with more jazz instrumentation, it makes it more spacey, and I think it works better with the singer's vocals. It's a lot like Radiohead's song Life in a Glass House. If I were to talk about omissions, I don't really have much to add since I don't know enough yet about the year in music. Really, the first thing that comes to mind is just having more entries from OK Computer or Eternal Nightcap, though I guess some of them do show up in the next list. If we were asked for an artist that's not already in the list, I've got a lot of love for Only When I Sleep by The Cause. Compared to their other hits, it's a lot more of a hazy alternative rock sound, so I don't think it would be out of place in the list at all. And that's all I have to say. 
Thanks for listening. Bye. And I also enjoy this podcast a lot. Matt, thank you so, so much for sending that one in. And Thanks, more dude. than that, dude, thank you so, so much for listening. Um, your commitment to the Hottest 100 is super super impressive um that's that's wild to hear about and we're certainly v- very very pleased to have you uh listening to us joining us in such an active way man uh, and also really i huge. agree with female of the species that song slaps it really does slap interesting point about quadracine as well i'm not exactly sure what version it was that i included as part of the episode and you know what the differences are by the with that alternative version but thank you so much for bringing that to our attention if anyone was a fan of that quadracine song maybe yeah or, or wasn't indeed maybe <laughs> Maybe the other version is the one for you. I'll certainly try and track it down um, and give it a listen as well. Awesome, though, Matt. Thanks, mate. You're yeah, welcome. cheers, dude. All right, cool. Our next one comes from Morgan Burridge. So, a few points. Point one. It appears three songs were successful as write-ins, which was You Sound Like Louis Bedette, Not If You Were The Last Junkie On Earth, and Did It Again. Point two. Interesting that a song that made the all-time hottest 100 in 2009 that was released in 1997 didn't even make the voting list. I believe that's Avalon? Mm, yeah. 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 Yep. Point three. There's a few songs in the voting list that were successful in the charts and in people's opinion that failed to make it, especially regarding electronic British numbers. What were they? I don't know. Elaborate. We need more. We need more. Come on, Morgan. Details, Morgan. Jeez, Morgs. <laughs> Point four. To pick one song out of all the songs in 1997 to add to the Hulse 100, as is the purpose of these remix episodes... I would probably pick Built to Spill's I Would Hurt a Fly. My man. There you go. My absolute man. Great song. (laughs) Out of the voting list, as in songs that were on the list but not in the 100, I'd go with Radiation Vibe. And point five, the overall champ over the hottest 100 is Paranoid Android. And the overall chump is Beaver Loop. Hey, nice. <laughs> Close that loop, baby. Uh, thank you so much for writing in, Morgan. Um, yeah, well, I, I wonder what we'll think of uh, Paranoid Android come next week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, never who, tell. Who knows? Paranoid what, sorry? Yeah. Uh, uh, Paranoid whom? Hey, um, can we maybe hear from Nick at the moment? Because we, uh, Morgan mentioned a point about uh, write-in votes, and we have a little bit more insight coming in uh, from something that uh, Nick sent us. Have a listen. Hi. Nick from Canberra here. Uh, in 1997, I was Nick from Broken Hill, and I was listening to the countdown as a year nine student whose favourite song of that year, hands down, was the masterpiece You Sound Like Louis Bedette by the Whitlams. Uh, in light of uh, Nathan espousing his love for that song a few episodes ago, I thought I would share my greatest moment of disillusionment with the Hottest 100. So back in 97, before the internet's uh, prevalence, we would vote in the Hottest 100 by going to our local ABC shop and getting a paper voting form. Now, the voting form, you could vote for any song that had been played on Triple J that year, um, but as an aid to your memory, the uh, paper form would fold out and had dozens and dozens of songs that had been played that year listed to help you. The injustice that still howls at the core of my being is that while the undeniable radio smash No Aphrodisiac by the Whitlams was listed on the form, You Sound Like Louis Bedette by the Whitlams was not. It is my conviction that if Louis Bedette had been included on the form and reminded more people of that song as one that they'd loved through the year, it would have placed dramatically higher. I am certain top 10 placing if it had been on the voting form. This one moment basically disabused me of the notion of voting in anything ever again. But uh, the song, You Sound Like Louis Bedette, still a favourite. 
Thank you, Nick. Um, I obviously agree. (laughs) It should have been. But coming to the countdown, I thought the same thing. It's like, it's so weird that this isn't higher. Yeah. But again, I think full, it's top so that's like the full, equivalent of the shortlist now. Big, big thank you for sharing that insight with us. Like we were talking before about how valuable it is to have um, the, you know, the insights and the experiences from people who were around and and part of that countdown. So thank you so much for for contributing that for a start. And like I think it brings out something that's a real thing to keep in mind for us um, and for anyone who follows the hottest 100 in terms of what gets in and what doesn't you know the kind of train spotting element of it is um, that shortlist right it, it starts here there's obviously always going to be restraints in terms of putting that together and that's a curated list and it's yeah. always going to influence taste to some degree and in some cases it causes people to lose faith in democracy because <laughs> <laughs> obviously like the people putting that list together then and now are trying their best to show all the songs that people listening to Triple J would want to vote for. Yeah. Mm. It's not an intentional thing to omit something, no. but it's just going to happen regardless. Like, and I, But I totally think that he's on point with that. Like, it, If it had been included in the shortlist, who knows? You know, Could we be talking about a different number one even? You know, Well, it speaks to how popular the song was that it was as notably voted in as it was, True. not on the shortlist. Like, yeah. Uh, this next uh, write-in uh, comes from Shannon. Thanks so much as well to be just, again for writing in. Really do appreciate it. Um, let's have some thoughts. Triple J published the voting list this year when they did the Double J countdown. A heap of songs that got a reasonable amount of airplay on Triple J during the year were not on the list. The most glaring example of for me were the two Veruca Salt singles, Shutterbug and Volcano Girls. There you go, Deej. Mm. Mm. There are a number of other examples too. So the actual number of songs were quite limited as compared to these days where you can vote for anything. Generally, there were only one or two songs from an artist on the list. Bizarrely, I think this in some ways gets you a better countdown as it's more representative of the year. As much as we want to support Australian music, I think the countdown of, of this era are more representative because they are more internationally skewed, but those glaring errors do annoy. Also, when Double J did the 20-year anniversary countdown this year, I messaged them to see whether they'll they be publishing the numbers 101 to 200, thinking that somewhere in Richard Kingsville's filing cabinet, these lists probably do exist. Oh, yeah. But I'd like to think that the 101 to 200 of this era is somewhere that would be a bloody interesting game for us band geeks. And I do agree, Shannon. That's what I mean. Yeah. I always love... In the Obviously, Hoss 100 Day is a huge day for all music nerds, particularly... Australian music nerds, and the day after when they do the when they do the the hottest two hundred, the next hundred songs, I'm always really fascinated in that because those songs are still really popular and so representative of what's there, but they often fall outside of the mainstream just a little bit more, yeah. and that's fucking fascinating. And I agree with you; it'll be very very interesting to see what the one hundred one to two hundred were in ninety seven. I'm not sure if yeah. they'd be accessible anywhere or if it would be kept data at all. I don't yeah. know. It's just more Beaver Loop songs. <laughs> yeah. would, uh, uh, going to the point of uh, international artists v Australian artists and whatever um i get what you're saying like i i completely understand the idea of the hottest 100 being a time capsule and and representative and i think as i've said before the 1997 countdown does that incredibly well but i also really love that the hottest 100 is an opportunity for australian bands to really uh put themselves out there on the national and international stage and to be remembered in that way yeah now Um, that the countdown is so consumed internationally it's funny right because when it was consumed more locally we had more of an international spread yeah. and now that it's more international we're getting more of a local spread it's very interesting but um, it's cool it's so fucking cool but again when like when smaller bands like that might not get international play otherwise like someone mm. in, if someone in Britain discovers Camp Cope mm. for the whole 100 yeah. then it's fucking, fucking worth it yeah like, totally <laughs> And as, like, the only national youth broadcaster, it's Triple J's job to be promoting Australian music. So it's kind of nice to be to see that that is working. 
Who else do we have to, to hear from? Decker. Guy's a fan of the show, Elliot. He does his own podcast called The Simpsons Index. Very good um, stuff. It is excellent stuff. It's kind of like us for Simpsons episodes. Yeah. Or yeah. we're them for songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, in, terms yeah. of, in terms of like really zeroing in on... We zero in on songs, they zero in on episodes, and the discourse is strong with these guys picking it apart. It's super yeah. joyful to yeah. listen to. Elliot himself didn't have any opinions about the, uh, the Hottest 100 or this podcast or anything that we do, but Elliot has decided to pass the mic over to a good mate of his, so let's hear from him now. G'day, Otis One Undos. My name's Derek, but my mates call me Decker. I want to give you guys my personal top five, because you guys were pretty fucking rough on some of these songs, eh? So fucking sit there, get some fairy bread in your gob, and shut up for a second. All right, here we go. Number five, Metallica, The Memory Remains. Were you guys taking the piss? Because Load and Reload fucking rips. It was like Pink Floyd's The Wall of the 90s. Fucking metal wall is what Metallica is. And Memory Remains just fucking starts you smack into that wall and it's fucking like, yeah, yeah. Fucking Hero of the Day was close, eh? But it's been fucking soft in the beginning. It's almost like that shoegaze crap that Waluigi likes. So, yeah, nah. Memory Remains for the number five. Metallica are fucking tops. And you guys should give him a break. Especially Lars, you know, he's pretty good for a cunt that doesn't practice. All right, number four. Live, Lakini's Juice. Adam Buncher, fix your fucking ears and hear the power and the majesty of these strings, mate. Oh, it's like an evening I shared with the sun. That's fucking singing with your teeth, mate. Fucking teeth metal. And when you knock off work and you jump in the highlights and pump this one speeding down the M4, fucking let me ride. Fucking sick. All right, number three, Bloodhound Gang. Why is everyone always picking on me? Do I have to explain to you cunts what a joke is? These guys are just having a laugh and you don't fucking get it. Sometimes I worry you like those PC bastards that mock a run, you know. Guys are just having a run, you fucking mock them. So sad. Just fucking loosen up and have a laugh, eh? Back in the day, me and my mates Davo, Gazza and Turtle Shit would hang out in Dad's garage ripping bucket bongs listen to these guys. Fucking Bloodhound Gang of Legends. Better sense of humour than that stuck-up Tim Whitlam. Alright, number two. Stone Temple Pilots' Interstate Love Song. Now, if I alone can get in twice, I think this song should as well. The main riff is fucking boss and it sets up the overall tonality of E major but in the verse the progression starts on that 6th chord which is just a seamless transition into the relative minor the chords over the verse are actually pretty jazzy with lots of 7th chords and shit and they're being played over this chromatic descending bass line that just lands on that A major 7 beautifully fucking ring. and then it jumps back into that riff now it's just a fucking masterful plagal cadence and number 1 by fucking far Chumbawamba with Tub Thumping Man, these guys weren't one hit wonders they did need to ride another bang and slap her after this fucking banger. They hit king shit and fucking quit. Seriously, Chumbawamba, if you ever want to stop being political and you want to have some drinks, let me know. Because I fucking love this song. Every weekend I do the fucking tub thumping drinks list. I do a Johnny Walker whiskey, Smirnoff's vodka, Carton Draft Lager, and I don't do a cider drink because the missus will get mad if I drink a Summersby's, so I have a Bundy and Coke instead. Anyway, lads, that's my top five. Just my fucking thoughts. You know, free speech and that and yeah. If you see me down the pub, say day. I'm the one in the puddle a mud 2001 tour shirt and I'll be around any bar at Newtown except the Sly Fox I'm not allowed back there anyway boys Deej, Natho Buncher, Waluigi have a good one fuck the swans big up GWS thank you Decker uh, <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> I loved hearing that very much we do need to clarify something though yes that, uh uh, the one that was shitting on Lakini's juice and the, the strings. Not Buncher. Not Adam Buncher. I defended that song. That was a weird moment where I defended live. I actually enjoyed a live song. So I'm with it you, It was Decker. your boy. Your boy did a heel turn yeah. and turned his back on the one band that he has loved all these fucking years. 
Oh, Top and also the betrayal. only one in this room that had the fucking testicular fortitude to go and see them actually play <laughs> when they were in Sydney. Did they play Bikini? Yes, they did. I you know what it didn't have? It. Fucking strings. Do you know what it was? Fucking great. There we go. <laughs> Thank you so, so much uh, for, for sending that in and, and giving Derek. us those takes. I'll hit you up for a carton at the courty, mate. Please. Okay, and finally, we have William. First of all, he gave us some some really wonderful uh, kind of praise and whatever. Um, thank you very much for that, William. I won't read that out, but what, we've all seen it, and we're very, very much appreciative you, for your kind Thanks, words. Will. Now, as for the 97 countdown itself, I'm afraid I can't share any memories from the day, as I was five at the time. However, there were a few songs here that I'm very fond of and are big parts of my life. With you, Deej, with Brimful of Asher. Hey! And also signing with The Mac with Into My Arms. Yes. Um, they've been staples for my childhood and a certain band that has two songs in the top ten has gone on to be one of my all-time favourites. Something I hold very close to my heart is my connection to Blur. I recall around the late 90s my dad got me into a few of their hits like Tender, Coffee and TV and of course Song 2. 13 um, the album that uh, Tender and Coffee and TV comes from. Mm. Such a stellar record. Oh, so Um, good. So with you on that one William. As I've grown older, I discovered more and more in the Blur catalogue, and a couple of years ago, when they finally touched down here, Dad and I saw them in Melbourne, and that's something I hold very, very close to my heart. Uh, Anyway, gang, looking forward to the final episodes of this season, and thanks once again for your effort. Your meme poster is in the works. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) Love from your fan, William. William, thank you so much. Looking very much forward to the the meme poster. Uh, William... Our social media manager, William. (laughs) Uh, Every year puts together a very, very nice uh, poster with all of our best in-jokes represented visually to post on our Facebook page, so keep an eye out for that one. That's Um, so lovely about Blur, though. That is awesome. man. I never get tired of, like, hearing those kind of personal stories. Yeah, those sincere moments. I didn't mention that when we spoke about Family of the Species, but I was just remembering then. That was, like, I think I mentioned before, like... I, I definitely did with Cake, but like those were songs that like my mum would play. We had an awesome fucking hi-fi setup when I was a kid. Um, we'd play that and just like as a little kid, like dancing around the room like, with like my parents or whatever like that. Just like these little sweet moments that were really beautiful as from childhood that music is so intrinsically attached to. Yeah. It triggers the nostalgia like nothing else. Only more of them are going to be coming forward, I'm sure, for us as well mm. um, as we get to an age where music starts to kind of happen for us more and um, becomes more meaningful and has more memories t- attached, so I'm sure. We always love to hear that kind of thing, so please hit us up. I'm not sure how kind of like whether we're going to just do it with the remix episodes moving forward or whether we'll find some other way to integrate uh, your feedback into the next season. Who knows? But Who's to if, say? If feedback comes regularly, we'll make it regularly. But if Absolutely. you guys are going to be fucking slackers, <laughs> just, ch- <laughs> just keep it to the fucking iTunes review board like an adult. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know where to reach us, and thank you so, so much for, uh, for everyone that reached out. And I'm humbled and incredibly thankful at the wonderful, supportive community that we have starting to develop around this for podcast sure. at the moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that brings us to the end of our remix episode. I think it does. The next time you'll be hearing from us, we'll be diving into the top ten. We did it as a team. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on the adventure. Yeah. Thank thanks, you so much. Thanks for putting up with that, everyone. <laughs> uh, oh, on my behalf goodness. Of, of Andrew. Good night. On behalf of David James Young. <laughs> and Adam. Only podcast you need to listen to, baby. Mm, that's right. <laughs> my name is Andrew Harrison. It's been super fun. We'll see you next week for the top ten. Everything is good for you.